eventually you, you're going to have to start eliminate the negative things that's not for you. If it's not elevating you, it shouldn't be in your life. Straight out the left. On today's episode, I speak with a frontrunner for the 212 Mr. Olympia title. With five pro wins to his name and only days out from the biggest competition in his life, we talk about the elements that really creates a champion. From motivation to mindset, nothing is held back. We talk about the importance of surrounding yourself with great people, the journey to competition, and the new mindset and look he's bringing for the upcoming Mr. Olympia. Here's a podcast with the prodigy, Keon Pearson. Straight out the lead, joined today by frontrunner, 212 extraordinaire, Keon Pearson. My friend, listen, nine days out from the Olympia. Right. And I get you here on the sofa where other people are like, oh, sorry, bro, after the Olympia. I had a conversation with you a couple of weeks ago, and you said this particular date. Yeah. And you said, I want to do this just before I head out to Orlando. Yeah. And firstly, thank you. Thank you for having me on here, man. Been It's crazy to be on here watching it as a fan. It's unreal. A lot of great sat in this seat right here. So to... To feel like I'm one of them, it feels freaking amazing. It's truly deserved, Matt. Truly deserved. And as somebody who I've had the pleasure of seeing you come through the ranks from classic physique yeah. to 212 to now have your name talked about as becoming our potential champion in nine days. It's got to be exciting. Nine days, man. It's, it's crazy. This is going to be the best Olympia yet. I feel like we always say that every year, though. This is going to be the best Olympia yet because of the lineup, but... So much different talent, and besides the other talent, just myself, man. I'm I'm just really excited to be back on that stage. I'm on a great roll. I've been hitting the mark every time for the last two years, my last two shows, Texas and 2022 Olympia, and now we got 2023, and I'm just ready to keep that going. Absolutely. And j- just to mention the, this year's Olympia and, and give promote the, uh, Dan Solomon a shout-out, this year's Olympia probably one of the most exciting Olympiad as it has been in, in the last couple of years across the board. Every class yeah. is stacked. Wellness, men's physique. Everyone. Physique, those guys are huge now. Yeah. Classic with the new weight cap. They got mm. more weight, so now they're going to be bigger. Open, just a lot more aesthetic younger guys coming up. And 212 is just, just coming up every year. So, yeah, it's going to be really stacked. So, obviously, let's talk about the 212 okay. uh, and, and why you're here. I have to say from my perspective that I've seen a few different Keons over the years. I would say I've seen the Keon that has been hyped up and felt the pressure. And then I've seen the Keon now who has found his own, found foundation to life. And every day I've seen you, you've been the utmost professional. And obviously, listen, diets kick the ass of the best of us. But you've been consistent throughout the board. Even like talking to you today, yes, you said I gotta get some caffeine in, in me before I, I jumped on today, and I might have caught you taking a nap before. I, but for the most part, it's been again so consistent. What would you attest this new mindset going into this year's Olympia on? Man, honestly, man, I think the reason why my mindset is the way it is is just the people in an environment that I'm around, and I knew if I wanted to elevate especially this year, going into this Olympia and just prep in general, I needed to be in a better environment. That's why I came here. It's just crazy how 
the universe works. Seeing you in 2020, going through that super tough time in my life, and then three years later, I'm here at my best, way better mindset. I saw you at my worst. Now I'm seeing you at my best. Mm. It's crazy how that works. And like I said, it just means a lot to me just to be on this podcast nine days before the Olympia. That's why I wanted to do it. This is just going to help me even go harder the last nine days, give me that momentum. Yeah, man, my mindset right now is just, I, I, I did a lot of growing and I just had to find myself. And I definitely did that, so. And you came from Texas, right? Yeah, I came from Texas. Well, I'm from Georgia, originally from yes. Georgia. Warner Robins, Georgia. A lot of people think I'm from Atlanta. I used to live in Atlanta, so from Warner Robins. Then I did move to North Carolina, Charlotte, for about a year, temporary. And then from there, I came back to Atlanta, then to Dallas, Texas, to Vegas. So I'm everywhere, but we're here for a little bit right now. Yeah. So we can elevate this bodybuilding career a little bit more. Before we talk about you being in Vegas and, and getting into the nitty gritty of all the details, there was a part in that little timeline when I was trying to get Keon to move to the Drangas Le Boca Raton. Oh, yeah, that was, I think that was probably like back in 2020. Yeah. 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 And I managed to get you for one day. Yeah, I was there for one day. <laughs> You were, there? No, you were there for a fucking week. Yeah, you just dan- week. you danced around me for a day, and then I was like, okay, this fucker. Also, just to clarify to him, for the viewers listening, I didn't know the times you were going through. So all I seen was the cliche bodybuilders got all this potential that was hiding away in a hotel, didn't want to train. So I knew you was in Boca Raton. In fact, uh, one of your sponsors at the time, Shout out to Dorian Hamilton. He was trying to al- align us, me, you, and John Del Rosa. Yep. And my goal was, the tactical goal was, to get you under the roof and I would give you the whole flex spiel like I do with all the pros, yeah. the ones that I want around me, and draw you into the Boca Raton location and get you under the Dragon's Land in, in the, into some crazy preps. But you, at that time, were going through some dark times and you didn't really speak much about it. Until years later. Now, obviously, that has now served a part of, of your career and part of your story. Yeah. But I do want to talk about what I feel a lot of pro bodybuilders, some, many go through, but feel maybe a badge of honor, you know, whether it's ego or whatever else, not to talk about it. But back then, and a number of years ago, obviously, you had a lot of pressure on you. Mm-hmm. You came... Out of the blocks, you turned pro, went in a classic physique, you had a lot of hype, you went straight into the, arguably the best era, Chris Bumstead, there was a Brion, yeah. George Peterson, yeah, and then so, young little Keon, 22 years old. 20, yeah, just turned 22. Yeah, 22 was in the mix, wow. I remember, bro. And yeah, you were with the pressure of the world being talked about potentially of winning this show, and then you succumb to... The pitfalls, which a lot of people don't talk about, social media pressures, depression, and then it was a slippery slope. So let's talk about that because I think that now you being in the seat, a champion, a future champion in in the sport, what do you deal with and and how did you get through them times? Man, for me, it was really, the success came pretty fast, it felt. Turned by Matt Flex Willer in 2018. And then he just took over everything. I damn near lived with him for my Arnold Classic prep. Got a sponsor at Blackstone Labs, placing fourth at the Olympia. 
so much happened so fast for me in a short span of time. And it was good. It was fun. Mm. It was crazy, especially where I'm coming from and, and not being noticed and to be noticed like overnight, it felt like it, it was unreal. Then I'll say about once I went to classic to two twelve, the hype even got even more crazier. We got some photos. You you and Flex look. Oh wow! The back in the day. What what is this? How old are you? You're? This, this was two thousand nine. This was around the Arnold Classic prep. I think I was probably like. So that first picture right here, that's when me and him met after my pro debut. So funny story, how I met Flex was I didn't make weight. A weight cap was 175 at the time. I couldn't make it. So I was outside running, doing sprints. I was <laughs> spitting in a cup, trying to make weight. And I couldn't make weight. And yeah. I weighed myself three times. And I still didn't make weight. Wow. <laughs> when I went to weigh-ins, Flex was like, you're good. I was like, what? I was like, you're good. You don't have to weigh in. I was like, really? I didn't step on the scale. Yeah. Like, You're good. I was like, okay. And remind, I didn't really know Flex Wheeler back then. I didn't know even much about a Flex Wheeler. Really? You didn't I, know about I, I the know, I'm, I'm new to the sport, man. Yeah. I heard of him, but I just wasn't familiar with his history or, what, or whatnot. I just knew that he was a legend. Mm. And then, yeah, he gave me his phone number. He was, hey, shoot me a text, son, right after your show. I shot him a text. And he was like, you have a sponsor? I was like, I don't. Reminder, when I did this show, I only had $100 in my name. My first big check ever was $1,000. That's the second place. And I saved that $1,000, and it was in my savings account, and I was holding it for my dear life. <laughs> and I was still a personal trainer, making damn near minimum wage, but training full-time all day. And he was like, you have a sponsor? I was like, no. I was like, okay. Call me back. Probably three hours later, it was like, you want to sign with Blackstone? I was like, Okay. <laughs> Damn. It's like, this is this is how much, you know, it's going to be. I was like, okay. It doesn't happen like that, by the way. No, I, I know. No, after the fact. Yeah. Okay. And I know. It was just, that's why I was saying everything happened so fast. Mm. And I don't really tell people that story that much because I don't like to throw it in people's face or nothing. But that's just what happened. And the rest was pretty much history. And like I said, just the hype. People was calling me the next Flex Wheeler. Training, training with him, doing the posing, going to Gold's Gym, meeting Charles Glass, mm. Chris Cormier. It's so much happened so fast. So that was like right there. It was in the posing room. Chris Cormier was at the door. A guy named Rico, one of Flex's closest friends. PJ was in there and a few other guys who was doing some posing after my first time at Gold's Gym Venice. The famous uh, posing room. Yeah, man. That was a super, super epic moment. You you do a pre you understand that moment now or you understood that moment when you were going through it? I think I understood it way a little bit later, mm. a little bit later in my career, like after the Olympia or so. At the time, it was just so much, man. I yeah. didn't really know what was going on, but now I look back at it, I was like, that's a very legendary moment. No Not question, many bro. people can say they did that. Not many people can say that Flex has looked at them. Andrico, yeah. Because them two were the tag team back in the day. Yeah. They were the, the infamous two. Yeah, I saw all their videos, all them old videos on YouTube. Him, Chris, Cormier, that, that was just a group back then, man. Yeah. And, and yeah, so being a part of them at that time was really amazing. Going to Fire, was it Firehouse? Firehouse. That's the place. Going to Firehouse for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, that was on prep. That was fun. Yeah, man. And Flex and you, obviously you know this, and one of the reasons why you had so many compliments you have very similar physiques, attributes. Yeah. And 
Flex is obviously a legend, and and you were in the the infancy stage of of that. But as you mentioned earlier, having the accolades, getting shooting off like a fucking rocket, and having the attention of Flex, having the attention of the fl- the fitness industry, supplement companies knocking at your door again, it's all fast. It must have been a lot to process when things are going on. You're holding on to the rocket ship. And then everything's great, but then the first impact of some sort of negativity, again, I don't know if you've ever gone through that in other sports you've done, but that, that is in itself something you can't prepare for. Unless you have a team around you to yeah. be like, hey, fuck these guys. Right. They, they, they're not, but for the most part, I didn't. I didn't either at that time. That's the thing. All the expectations from the world, that's what got to me into that moment in 2020 when I met you. It's just like when I didn't show up the way I wanted to, people just shitted on me. Just mean and just the comments, the YouTube videos. It was very harsh, and I didn't honestly didn't know how to handle it. And I also didn't have that people behind me like that to really guide me through that. Mm. I had people tell me things, but they wasn't really in my circle at the time. Honestly, I couldn't really say I had a circle then. I was just bouncing around, just trying to get advice just not from the right people. Mm. So that's the whole, it's, it's, that's the easy hole to fall through right there when, when you start to let people other expectations get to you. And I'm sure you dealt with before in the past, I and mean, I feel like a lot of people have. It was hard. And so I guess to, to resume the story, I did my 212 debut, Chicago Pro with Dorian Hamilton. Uh, I was with HD Muscle at the time. I left Blackstone Labs in 2019. And then I would say, honestly, man, I would say a week after Chicago Pro, I knew I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to do the uh, 2020 Olympia. I wasn't ready. Mentally, I wasn't really ready. Physically, I wasn't ready. I was just depressed, just lonely. I was lost. I didn't know myself anymore. I put on so much size, so much tissue. So fast, just so much on the body. Um, my first time ever actually like running a, a bigger uh, cycle. I'm 178 pounds 13 months ago, competed at 202. Do the math. Mm. It was just so much, man. I sat out the Olympia and I was honestly really depressed. And I felt like the world shut me down once I announced that I was out of the Olympia. But they really didn't know at the time. It was just, oh, he's weak minded. He's scared to compete against yeah, Sean or Derek and them at the time. And it was just all that, but they didn't know the real reason why I sat out. I just mentally wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're mentally not there, it's hard to go 100%, period. That's just the truth of bodybuilding. And I think that's the truth of anything in, in life when you're trying to pursue something. You have to be ready 100% in all aspects. And I just wasn't ready. And that's when it came to Boca. I really don't remember specifically the story, how I even got there. But uh, I knew Dorian knew I was going through something. Yeah. And he came to my house, and we both agreed that it was going to sit out for the Olympia. And then I, he said something about you, and then somehow I got there. I don't even remember. It, it happened so fast. I, I don't even remember how we even linked up, to be honest. I just knew I was on a flight going to Boca, and I stayed in the Airbnb, and John De La Rosa was looking after me, mm-hmm. making sure I was good. Took good care of me, took me to the store. But I was avoiding you at the time for that week because – I was embarrassed. 
just embarrassed. I wasn't a hundred percent. I wasn't key on at the time. I was still lost. I was depressed. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I, I didn't want to be seen like that. Seeing one of my favorite bodybuilders, someone that really made an impact in my career like you, I just couldn't see you like that. I couldn't see you in person. That's why I avoided you at the time. That's why you probably saw me once out of that whole week I was there. I don't remember where I was even training at when I was there for the whole time. I don't think you were. I don't even remember. I probably wasn't training. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's why you saw me once. Because I kind of told John, I was like, hey, this guy doesn't turn up once this week. <laughs> that's it. John knows. John is like a mediator. He was like, oh, I don't think he, I don't think it's you, Flex. I was like, who comes to Boca and wants to train with me and then doesn't want to fucking train with me? It makes no sense. Of course, we could have had this conversation, but most bodybuilders, it takes a lot of courage. And at that time, you probably weren't even ready to even admit to the world because you weren't, right? You might have no. said, you might have said that you're pulling out the Olympia, which you did yes. for those reasons. But then the truths of it, of it all, it would probably be better for you to say that you torn something than face the backlash that you did because your honesty truly put you into a deeper hole just by saying, hey, listen, mentally I'm not there. And you got the back end of the backlash of a lot of angry, disgruntled people who just were waiting to shit in you. And that's unfortunate because yeah. there's so many athletes who have got phenomenal physiques, again, never dealt with the social media um, element of things, more, mainly just the, the hype, the, the trajectory of, of success. But then when you face this, like you, you had some mental issues that you were going through that you are trying to seek in help for. Nobody came out, nobody stepped up, nobody even, there's, there is no anything to even direct you to that area. Speak to somebody. There is no person. On other sports, there's various different companies and various different outlets that athletes can to go down yeah. the road of. And the majority of stuff then is kept away from social media. Yeah, You had a cry of help and you were put into a deeper hole and then told to suck it up. And that's hard for a 22-year-old man, 23-year-old guy who has just come from nowhere and has the future at its as his feet as a, as a pro to recognize this now looking back. It's crazy, man. It's, mental health is real, man. And I'm going to just tell the world straight up. It was either finish the prep or not be here anymore. I had to make that decision. I had to make that choice. I remember talking to my dad about it. He was either finish his prep or still be here, be on this freaking earth. Nobody knows that probably till now to this podcast and all the shit that I got of you're scared or you're not ready or you're not going to come in condition or this and that. You're just a hype. You're just, people don't know shit. They just, so many people from the outside just trying to look in, just make assumptions and don't know. And I think that's why we lost a lot of greats nowadays because of, just because of that, you know, social media and people just don't know. I understand unless you actually go through it. And um, that was the biggest reason why I pulled out from the Olympia. Mental health, man. I had to get help. Um, got closer with God. I'm not super, super spiritual or nothing like that, but I do believe in him and I do 
believe in the word and I do give him my time every day, especially now. And I feel like it really helped and helped me through very dark times. Even through the good times, I praise him too, because I don't believe in just praising him in the dark times, but every day. And which got me to where I'm at today. But yeah, that was, that was a hard moment, but I found myself now I'm in in the best spot ever. And um, I'm just blessed now, man. So going through it's it's feeling emotional now. I said I wasn't gonna cry because I don't have too much estrogen in me. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it, it's it's okay, bro. Because I'm glad that you're talking about this. That this is a this is a message that needs to go out there, even for the people who have never heard this. That were in the comments section back then, throw in speculation and hate on truly a subject that. Yeah. Nobody knew. And depression is real. Suicide is real. Um, I, and I'm sure you can speak about this, have lost many friends uh, by not talking up and speaking up. And I'm glad to say that you didn't become a statistic. I'm glad. You got to speak up, you guys. You can't just hold it in. You can't just ghost the world. I know I know in that moment it's hard. It's tough. You just want to be away from everyone. You want to be in that that's just in that room locked up, but you can't, man. You can't. That's when so much thoughts and the darkness even get darker. You just got to really open up, and the people that actually truly care about you, you got to mm-hmm. let them in and let them help you and get help, seek help. That's probably my biggest advice. I know it's a pretty simple advice, but that's the best advice I can give you. Seek help and don't trap yourself. Because it's going to make it worse. And I had to seek help. And I had to really find my... I had to lean on my loved ones. I had to lean on my dad. I had to lean on my mom, my grandpa, and then the close friends that I did had that knew what was going on. Even Dorian helped me out because he was honestly the first person to knew because he was my coach. So I told Mm -hmm. him why. So seek help, you guys, and, and lean on your loved ones that truly care about you. Because... Yeah, you don't want to be that number. It's you were close. I was close. I was very close. I was very close. But thank God I wasn't. Found my way. And now, to this day, when I spoke up about it, till this day, I still get messages that people be like, dude, thank you so much for that mental health video. Um, it's not on my page anymore because my Instagram got hacked. So I had to remake another Instagram around that time. So it's not on Instagram no more. But I think some uh, social media nowadays, people can save videos and keep them or screen record. And people to this day still tell me, thank you for talking about mental health. You really helped me. You saved me through dark times still. And, and that makes me smile. It makes me so happy to know I can reach out to people. Well, I, that video can touch people mm-hmm. and change their lives just for me speaking up or their favorite bodybuilder saying that they've gone through stuff too. Because we're not perfect. People see us on the internet, they see our muscles, they see our success, winning shows, making money, having sponsor. They think we're perfect and we're not. We make mistakes. We go through shit too. This is a hard lifestyle, man. It's it's a tough. It's really tough. When you got pressure every day. Every single day. But it's how you handle it. Yeah. It's how you deal with it. You can either use that pressure to tear you down or you can use it to keep you going. And I learned to keep that pressure, keep me going. What, what kind of motivational uh, uh, tools or advice 
did you speak about on that video? Because obviously, if you're getting, you know, praise from this still no. Is there anything that we can speak about right now on the on the podcast that you haven't covered from the uh, video? Yeah, the video that you dropped. Oh, what did I say in the video? The video was so short and it was pretty blunt. Just me, just speaking about just seeking health, just talking about mental health. That if you're going through something, speak up. Don't hold it in. Speak up. Be kind to people. Be nice. These Instagram. Bullies, you guys got to chill out, man. You don't know what people are going through. People are really going through shit. Even your favorite bodybuilder is probably going through shit, and you're probably, people are being a dick to them. Just be nice, man. Mm. That's the biggest advice I can give people. But, uh, yeah, as far as for that video, I wish I had that video. I think, honestly, man, if you was to pull that video up on YouTube, Keon yeah. Pearson, Olympia 2020, I believe you will find it. I'll tell you this much. It makes me feel bad from a leg session I kick your fucking ass oh. on. I, I pull a photo up. This is the aftermath of the... <laughs> you motherfucker, you screenshot it. I did. This is what we got here. Is This is actually, oh, believe it or not, Kian, this is November 15th, which is my birthday. And I have this rule for all the fans that are watching. Any pro that wants to come and train with me, the rule of thumb is you turn up on leg day. And I told John, I was like, hey, I know this guy is in this hotel room. I don't know what he's doing. And we have pros that come in and out. Listen, you're young and single. I don't know if there was a turnstile of girls going through the door at the time. That's another story for another time. But I knew I had the, you know, the whistle call that Keon's hiding from you. I was like, tell that fucker. Leg day is tomorrow. Fuck. (laughs) I was like, fuck, I was nervous. I, I was really nervous. I, I think I've got some more stuff in here. This, what is this one? There's a few. But I do, I will tell you this. He was limping and lying down. We've lost the best videos. Man, that was like almost a three-hour leg session, dude. It was me, you, Kamal, Alex, John. That was a lot of Shit, people. it was a lot. Yeah, I can, yeah. can remember that. Yes, hold on. Actually, I, I got a photo of the group. There we go. That's a photo of the group. Yeah, man, we was deep, man. We was super setting. We was waiting. It was... Look at that lineup, bro. You've got Kamal who just won the... What did Kamal just won? You won the Masters, right? Didn't we? 2020? No, uh, he won the Olympia. He won the 212, right? Yeah, yeah, 212 Olympia. And then you got John Del Rosa. Obviously, John has won freaking everything in, in, on the East Coast. Uh, and I don't know if he's won the New York Pro, but he's come close. He's been a bridesmaid yeah. a few times. You got yourself, five-time pro winner. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then you got Alex Cabanero, who is the classic Mr. Olympia Masters champion yep. too. Line up a fucking savages, mate. Line up, and then you've got uh, little old me stuck in the middle. I don't know what I'm yeah, doing in there, but I truly loved having and still do having athletes like yourself in and around me. Keeps me on my p's and q's, and and I live now vicariously through you guys. But at that point in time, that was my everything, right? I was be- mentally training to be the best, and I had this savage mindset. This don't waste my fucking time. I won't your waste your yeah. fucking time. But that's the athlete. And I was so focused forward. And every one of my training partners who are around me and stuff, we would have and give ourselves the time. Every day, 11.30, the turn up, tell us what the fuck's going on in your life, cry, mourn, whatever else. But then 12 o'clock, you're in and done and dusted. You're in and training. And that's what I wanted to bring you into. I knew that you were going through something. To this extent, I did not. But everything happens for a reason, right? You went through that chapter in life. You listened, you learned, and then you came out now to, to the, into the stages that we're going to talk about right now. Now, moving on to 20, 2021. Okay. What did you learn now going into this year that, that you picked up and 
uh, going full force now into to Korea. So 2021, I still wasn't 100%. Um, like what? I still let the pressure get to me. Okay. Mentally, I still wasn't 100%. I didn't speak on it because I was actually getting better and I was still recovering from 2020. But I think my, I think just my 212 showings wasn't the best. So I just let that pressure get to me. And then I got 14th at my 212 debut. Yeah. People expect me to win that year. People expect me to be in that top two. There's a lot of hype. Spot. And yeah, I, I didn't perform the way I should have. Um, I actually got sick four days before the show. I couldn't use the bathroom. So I got to Orlando. I left Texas at, I left Texas. I was weighing about 202. And I would say that next day, I was around about 213, full of water. Mm. This was after the flight, after settling down. I couldn't use a bathroom. And it's fucking horrible. Started stressing. I started holding water. My face got so puffy. Looked like I didn't even diet at all, Flex. I had the <laughs> off season face three days out before the show. I was calling my mom and dad. I was like, I am not doing the Olympia. Oh. I'm not stepping on stage. I was watery. I'm about to go to weigh ins. I was like, this is this can't happen. I just sat out. Now I'm <laughs> looking even worse. I'm like, this can't happen to me. I can't believe this is happening to me. Mm. And um, uh, I took, it was a uh, enema or something like that to help yeah. you use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I think I took one of those and I wind up flushing all that water weight out, use the bathroom. Got back at 202, but it was a super flat, soft look. And uh, yeah, that's the look I had on stage, super soft look, like a pancake. What, what do you think that the main contribution was, the, the stress? And it was definitely the stress and just... The stress, man. It was really the pressure, man. I was really struggling with pressure. Ever since I got into 212, at the beginning of my 212 career, it was really just the pressure. I didn't know how to handle it. It was just too much. I let it got to me. Mm. I was too hard on myself. We always are hard on ourselves. We're our worst critic, right? But Mm. it was very negative. It was very negative. My mood was always up and down, always up and down. Like my girlfriend, we want to be like this. Calm C. We want to be like this. Not here. choppy C. Not down here. Yeah. <laughs> a consistent choppy C. Yeah, you want to be consistent. I was always up here one day, and then the next five days I'm here. And mm. then one day I'm like here. And that's how I was between 2020 and 2021. That's that that's what Keon was. And that's why I feel like a lot of people was even to this day I still, once this podcast come out, a lot of people look, people think that's the Keon that I still am, but I'm not. That Keon's long gone. That's in a trash can. That's gone. You guys will never see that Keon again. What would that Keon look like? Talking about then? To the to these people. That Keon looked like then was not mature. And just just not mature, man. I just wasn't there in the head. Well you do you think you had a facade on? Because somebody who has that kind of hype. You'd have to put a, the jacket on and say, yeah, I am good. Did you live a little bit of that, like a false bravado, cockiness, confidence, no. or did you... Because I know my version of you, which I'll tell you by now, but I want you to answer that question. I didn't believe in myself. 
I think that's what it was. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't have that like I do now. Now, I believe in myself. I walk like a champion. I talk like a champion. I know you do. I feel it, too. People like you get on my ass about it. And, and even my girlfriend, and it's, it's engraved with me. I have it. I have my goals all on, on the mirror. I got on the whiteboards and stuff. And I see myself as a champion every day. Even when I don't feel the best, I'm still a goddamn champion. Back then, I didn't see myself. I saw myself as a loser. I was always very negative to myself. I didn't give myself no type of grace. And that's the key on I was back in 2020 and 2021. And uh, we grew out of that. And I just had to do a lot of growing and had to find myself. And like I said, I had to surround myself in a better environment. That's why I moved so much because I had to find that. And, and honestly, that started when I moved to Texas, being in destination with Gasp and all those guys. And everything else elevated from there. And was Texas a good move for you? Texas was a great move. Love Texas, man. Um, like I said, the biggest reason why I moved there was because of Destination Gas, because yeah. of MJ. He helped me out a lot, and they was very good to me. And being around that bodybuilding environment, leaving Atlanta, that was really cool. Being around Hunter Labrada and Branch Warren, goddamn. I'm not going <laughs> to talk about that. Oh, we, need, we are going to talk about that. Hey, so what did these guys turn What switches did these guys turn on that, that were never there before? Talking about as far as branching them guys? Every, just being in that environment around them guys, what kind of attributes did you take from them that you still use to this day? Everybody was so damn motivated in that gym. Like when I walk in this gym, I feel like a, when I first came in the gym, I felt like a champion on site because of how many people stepped in here. That's how I felt at Destination. You in Dragon's Land? Yes. And then when I went to Destination, knowing Branch was here, Johnny Jackson, all these guys, I was like, wow, something's different about here. Something's very different about here. And when I first came to Texas, no lie, when I first came to Texas, that second day I was in the hotel, I put an application there for an apartment and got accepted that next day. Shit, you knew. I just knew. It was like literally the first week when I went to Texas. I was like, this is it. I have to make that move. Mm. I have to make that move. I, I felt it on site, man, just the energy. That's what I needed. When have you ever done that before? You say what? When I have you ever done Anything like that before? As, have you, has, or shall I say, have you ever done anything with that clear no. confidence? You no. just knew. I just knew. It was crazy. I just I was in the hotel with my buddy Danny Tran. Shout out to Danny. He was coming from my YouTube at the time, and I was like, "I'm going to move here." He didn't believe me. I put the application right in front of him <laughs> and got accepted within maybe a couple of hours or the next day. And I was like, "It's my moving in date, May." That was it. Moved in eight weeks out from Chicago Pro and came here. Damn. And, yeah. All cards in. It's the environment, man. Tell the young guys who've been in the shoes that you were in, in Georgia, maybe small town, okay. same as me. When you have an environment where you are literally the small fish in the sea, you're walking into that environment, what kind of light bulbs went off in your head to be like, man, I've got to be here? What, what, and Why? You, I feel like when you want to be successful, you got to surround yourself about you guys. You got to surround yourself around that environment. Even when people, if you want to be rich or wealthy, you want to be around those rich and wealthy people. You want to be one of the best athletes in the world, the best bodybuilders. You want to be around you. That's why I feel like a lot of people join this gym because of you, because of Flex Lewis, because of your name. And I, that's what you have to do. You can't feel discouraged or scared most people are scared to make those big moves and mm. and change you have to get out of the habit and, and and get uncomfortable 
If you're not uncomfortable, it's going to be hard to go far in life. And that's what I did. I got uncomfortable and I hit that move right on site. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest advice I can give you guys. Get uncomfortable. I promise you it will pay off. Just believe in it too. You got to believe in that move as well. If you don't believe in it, then it's not going to happen. That was one of the steps to this changing of your mindset too. Yeah. You getting closer to that, that, that price and knowing and developing this confidence that, you know, you might have felt on your high days and your low days yeah. as you spoke about. But now making these changes and putting yourself into them uncomfortable environments, not being the biggest guy in the gym, yeah. the most qualified, small fish, small pond, looking around and seeing, as you said, Branch Warren, Johnny Jackson, Hunter Labrada, and whoever else comes in on any given day in Texas is an environment that truly motivates you because you're not only turning up for yourself, but everybody around you, you're gaining the respect yeah. of them too. And again, I, I know this because I've done the same thing. I came from Wales, put myself in these various different gyms. Milo Satchev gym was destination for me, was the Dragon's Lair for me. And turning up every single day. And I didn't know who was going to turn up for a Flex, Flex magazine shoot. And then these guys now have become my friends. You, you earn your stripes. Right. And that's what you've done. Yeah, 100%. So the move to Texas, how long were you there? And then wh- when was the timeline that got you to Vegas? Uh, I was in Texas for about two and a half years. And then I came to Vegas about, I met my girlfriend, Amanda. Bro, best thing that happened to you. The best thing that happened to me, man, in my 28 years of life. I tell her that all the time. She's a good girl, bro. Great girl, man. She keeps me on my toes. She keeps my head straight. Mm-hmm. She makes sure I'm good. But more so, you make sure I'm good here. That's what you need, you guys. Anybody that's seeing this video, you got to make sure your partner, make sure you're good up here. Not just physically, but mentally, man. It takes you a long way. But yeah, I met her, and she was out there living in California at the time. So I was actually going back and forth to California after the Olympia 2022. And then she decided to move to Vegas, so I helped her move to Vegas, and that's when I came here about, shit, I think I came here in February or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in, a little bit after February, that's when I came here, March. I came here in March, so I've been here since. First, I got to say this, too. I was yeah. like, Keon is in Vegas? I was like, where the fuck is he training? <laughs> we were also on two different timelines. Keon at the time was training a lot later. You were coming in a little bit later, right? Yeah, I was. And I was missing you. Yeah. And when I found out he was in Vegas, I was like, kind of buttered. Because I was like, wait, he's here? And he hasn't, he's not even training in my gym? But little did I know, he was training later on at night. Yeah, it was later, and I was like, bro, I was here for four <laughs> months till you finally actually saw me. I didn't know you were here. And I was like, I how long have you been here? been here? last couple of... I, I was a little pissed. <laughs> yeah, he's what the hell? Why nobody tell me that Keon is here? I was seeing, because he was training in Elevation. Great gym. Shout yeah, out, Elevation. Sh- shout out Angel. Good friends. And listen, there's a, fa- there's a lot of fantastic gyms here in Vegas. But I thought you were training in the one in Florida. And for the longest time. Really? Yes. Yes. So yeah. I was like... And I knew we were coming back and forth. Your girl was out here too. And and then when I finally found out that you were coming in late, later at night, because I thought there were old pictures that you were posting that were nice oh, little. This is a little weird that he keeps on report. And none of my staff told me. Really? Yeah. So anyways, when I was coming point. in here, you was literally probably just left the building like 20, 30 minutes because I was posing with Joey too. That's right. And I was posing with Joey around like at five, six o'clock. Yes. He I was, was long already, gone. Yeah, he was long gone. Picking up my daughter. But I would train. I would get here about three to train. I think that's when you probably was leaving. I, 
You were just fucking tiny yeah, minutes. You, you told me. Shit. You were fucking tiny minutes. That's hey. what you're doing. You're waiting in the parking lot. Oh, there he's going. I pull in now. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's beating the chest. Oh, the 212 champ is here now. You have some cars. In. I don't know if you're in here or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That moved to Vegas. That's what we were talking about. And how I've seen. I've seen the key on that was in Texas periodically because I seen you at the Tampa Pro which you won. Yes. Um, and I looked at that version of Keon and I was like, oh, bro, like you're just so close, and you just give and no disrespect to ever him second. I can't remember. It was Kamal, right? Was it Kamal? No, it was Kareth. That's Kareth right. Yeah, Keith. Uh, yes. Kareth. Yes. Great competitor, yeah. hard as nails, great yeah. conditioning, works with the Georges. Yep, very strong. Yes. Something. Yeah. Brain fat. Sorry, bro. You know I love you. And you were going tour to tour, two apples and oranges. Yeah. He brought wild conditioning and you just have that fucking God-given structure. And I think that's been down to the pressures and, and maybe not nailing it on the head in the past where people have looked at you and said, man, like... You're there, but you've just got to condition, get that condition. It's lights out. Yeah. And when I was at that show, that was the first time I got to physically see you for quite some time. And the okay. improvements you've made were incredible. That's all you and your work ethic. And, and obviously, I know how you train. The conditioning, again, there's two different thoughts on this. And the fans that are watching this will label you one or the other. One is you're lazy and you don't do the diet, mm -hmm. or two, external factors. And the external factors are what we spoke about right now, the stress and right. all these controllable environments and, and in some cases uncontrollable, right, circumstances that happen weeks into prep, days before prep. Obviously, you took the victory. And that version of you, I know, can, can say that's an old version. Because you guys, you and Patrick, shout out to Patrick Tor, you guys know have knocked a great formula. We elevated, man. Because that was my first show with Patrick. I got with Patrick. So I got with Patrick. Shout out to Patrick. I got with him when I was six and a half weeks out from Tampa Pro. Interesting. Yeah. So we basically did like a crash diet, basically. Like he upped my cardio to a little bit over an hour, dropped my food completely, and just suffered me down. And for that show, he didn't realize, he didn't know how big I was. He didn't think mm. I was that big. I was sending him check-in pictures every day. He just was never impressed with it. He was never impressed? He, he was sending me a thumbs up <laughs> or something. He just wasn't impressed. He's like, I just don't know. He's like, you know what? We got to start checking in on WhatsApp live. Really? Yeah, so even to this day, mm. I this whole Olympia prep, I haven't sent a check-in to him. We do FaceTime check-ins every single day. Morning, Fuck every morning, every single morning from the ever since Tampa Pro. After he said stop sending check-ins, we've been sending check-ins. I've been doing WhatsApp check-ins with him every single day. Tom, it sounds like Neil. That's what I used to do with Neil. Yep, and that's what Patrick did. He was like, I don't know how big you are, so he kept filling me out. Two days of six hundred, seven hundred grams of carbs. He didn't realize that my body didn't need that. And like I said, that wasn't the best look, but it was a full look. And, but once we realized that I didn't need that much food to fill out, that's when we did the opposite for the Olympia 2022 and brought the way better package, which landed me at sixth place from 14th. And, and ever since then, we just brought even more, and then we brought the Texas package. And, and that Texas package was incredible. I was very pleased with I was only a pound, two pounds difference from the Olympia, and it was completely 
a whole new body on stage. I'm going to pop up this video of, of you and the, this is the Texas show. Yeah, Look at the improvements, condition, and that uh, separation from the front and the legs. I was prejudging. Let's go to the back. Shout out to my girlfriend for training my glutes and hands for the first time. Oof, them sweeps, bro. Yeah, we, we knocked it out. And this was earlier in the year, right? Yeah, Texas, yep. Texas was when? July? August. August. Yeah, great conditioning, man, on that show. What did you do different going into this year's show compared to as you're talking, I'll run it again. As far as for the Olympia, I think I just needed more muscle. I needed more tissue. That's why my legs look a lot more bigger and harder. I just look more dense all around. But I just needed more tissue from the backside. Mm. Tyler wanted more size on my glutes and hams, and that's pretty much what we did. Believe it or not, I never really focused on my glutes as much. And so when I got with my girlfriend, as soon as we got the feedback after the Olympia, we started pounding glutes twice a week and hamstrings twice a week. And I did that every single week from the Olympia till now. And I made a massive improvements. I'm going to pause that right there because that is a fucking incredible back double bicep. Thank you, man. And it's crazy because I was a uh, flat upper body. The judges could, could tell you that. I was a little flat, but since I made so much drastic improvements from my condition and my leg condition from the back, they kind of forgot about the flatness so much, and they saw just the major improvements that I made from the Olympia. I don't think they forgot about the flatness, man. They just looked at conditioning because conditioning is suffering. People can walk on stage, and the big, they can be the biggest guy there, yeah. and we can all talk about mass monsters. And the words that come out of their mouth was, oh, I was bouncing full. But I'm a conditioning guy. 212 is conditioning guy. And as long as you play that strength of yours, conditioning, you're always never going to be, you're not going to be the biggest guy on stage, nor was I. We play to our attributes and our strengths, right. and yours are going to be symmetry, structure, and conditioning. And you, you, again, evidential from that package you brought to Texas, it was an incredible f fucking look, man. Thank you. Best I've ever seen. So what was your mindset and the, and the mental state for you going into that week? Because we've spoken about a lot of that, and that's obviously something of an interest to me. Take me through that week and what you've done to control the nerves, the anxiety, the pressures from social media. What did you do in that week compared to other shows of old? I didn't have no nerves going. My nerves was just so calm. I was so calm. My girlfriend could tell you, you're so calm. I wasn't worried. I was just confident, man, because I knew the improvements that I made, the work that I put in. I did the diet to the T, the cardio, the training. I killed myself in training. And also my girlfriend helped me the most during that prep. I did my first prep with her. And so she helped me tremendously through that. And man, it's, that was the biggest difference. Yeah. I didn't do it alone. I had someone with me the whole way. And she helped me mentally, physically. I was just on. That whole prep, I was, my mental was just on. That was the best prep of my career. Hands down. I had more good days than bad days. A lot of people really can't say that in prep. Some people are like, oh, it's even or more bad days. I had way more good days than bad days in that Texas Pro prep. Patrick wasn't worried. <laughs> Nothing. It was smooth. I'm not saying every single prep would ever be like that in bodybuilding because it's not. But that year, last year, where that prep, it was. And when you can control the variables and not home in on something that's yeah. truly... Ugh. That's not a stress. You I, know the difference. Yeah, I controlled a lot of stuff that I could control. Control the controllables, man. I was really controlling everything else. Some stuff that I couldn't control, I was just like, oh, okay. 
All right, on to the next. Yeah. That's how it was the whole entire prep. As opposed to old, that would have been the biggest thing oh of the day. Oh, my God, man. I would just stress and just be worried or yeah. whatever. I didn't have that problem. Mm. And that's pretty much how I am now, this prep. <laughs> I can see. I'm calm as it can be. Mm. I'm so calm. I'm so confident. But most importantly, I'm excited as shit. And I'm just ready to be in goddamn Orlando. I know you are, because I, I fucking see you every, every couple of days, and I've not seen... I've not seen this version of you. It's like a, it's like an off-season version where you have this energy, this excitement, and you can't wait to tell me Christmas Day is coming. Because yeah. every time we speak, it's like, oh, bro, I'm on. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah, can you know some people when it's closer, so they're like, oh, they just blah or yeah, how you feel? Two weeks out, how I supposed to feel? Mm-hmm. I tell people physically, I'm tired. Mentally, I'm great. That's all I say. Mentally, great. My energy is here all the time, especially when I see you, man. It's, yeah. just, it's just that's just how I carry myself now. I do want to talk about foundation, right? Because okay. this is a, a a vital course of how you've got to that point of confidence and this new version of yourself. Home life, if that's to shit, everything goes to shit, right? And I can say this of old of of relationships, but when you find somebody that understands you, yes. accepts you for your good and your bad, yes. doesn't try to change you in fashions that is going to alter your DNA. 100%. And for everybody who's listening, you probably guys understand that. And saying what I said earlier about, about you coming into the gym excited, I've never seen anybody around you that's a training partner, a coach, that's as excited as your girl. Every chance... She's had to tell me how great you look. She fucking does it. And she's, oh, my, he's, just, he's looking incredible. He was going into that Texas show. She was telling me. Now going into the Olympia. She's a, a big component of um, making sure that your life is at ease. Yes. Um, the, the stressables have been taken care of. Yes. And that she just wants to see the best version of you, which is a partner. Your significant other yeah. and that partner that you share your life with is supposed to see the best version of you as you are supposed to see the best version of them. Yeah. And she truly wants that. She knows what you're capable of and she's your biggest cheerleader, man. So yeah, I don't know how the fuck you managed to hook and hold on to her, but keep on doing whatever you're doing, man, bro. She's not going nowhere. She's got a light a lock on her. She's going nowhere, man. And she's a great competitor she's herself. Great. Looks freaking amazing, man. Yeah, she just done a rookie debut as well, right? Yeah, and she just placed top five at her last show. She's done for the season now, but man, she looks amazing. She's definitely, like I told her, I think another reason why I changed so much is now I have more of a purpose to keep going even harder because of her. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for us. I'm going to the Olympia for us. This, this is not about me anymore. It's for me and her. And this Olympia is very personal. I know. It's very personal. Tell, tell me how it's personal. For one, I got to eat, so I'm going to grind. It's not more than just a check, but it's just more creating this legacy. And I want to be remembered. This is the year. Like I was telling, I was telling her before I came here to this podcast. She was like, she was just telling me how proud is how proud she is of me of doing this podcast and everything is just unfolding for me, man. It's like I get to tell my story now, getting close to the biggest Olympia yet, being my best version yet, mentally and physically, and so many opportunities coming my way. And this is just a year. Everything is aligned 
together now for me, finally. All the pieces to the puzzle is connecting. I feel it and I see it, and it feels freaking amazing. And I have you in my circle. Like I said, it's just crazy how the universe works where you saw me at my worst, and now you see me now, and it's just an amazing feeling. I'm just really excited, man. You probably guys can count how many times I said I'm excited. <laughs> I'm fucking excited. Tyus, are we supposed to do a shot every time? But yeah. Every time he says he's excited, we should do a shot. I am very drunk at this point. He's very drunk. <laughs> Tyus, obviously, we finally got a camera on you this week. Yeah, I want to apologize for that camera. But yes, I do have people can see me if they want to. Yes. Tyus, obviously, this is the first time you're meeting this incredible young champion to be is there any questions from the producer standpoint that you would like to ask? The thing that strikes me about this is the similarities that you guys have in, in your journeys. And I could say that around a lot of the guests we've had is that you just see these commonalities where you guys are torturing yourselves. I, I don't come from a bodybuilding world. And so I just watch the torture and the torment and what that ends up showing on stage really doesn't tell the story that you guys get to tell here in this room. And that's what I really admire and, and I really appreciate is I think, Flex, you said it earlier. You said uh, conditioning is suffering. And and hearing the suffering that you guys go through inspires me to want to push a little harder and go a little bit more. And I would love to hear more about some of the most difficult times, the most challenging moments, or even what you had to push through to reach the heights that you've reached. Man, that's a good question. Especially for the conditioning part. As far as another thing with the conditioning with me as in the past was to really reach that level that I did for Texas was the maturity. Mm-hmm. As you guys knew that, I guess you could say I'm a genetic freak. So like when you, when you constantly put on tissue so much, it's hard for that tissue to marinate. Because every year I put on new tissue and it just didn't marinate at that time when I first started competing in 212. And um, I'll say once I got to 2022, the muscle actually was able to sit and actually was able to get hard, harding up between that year. I think if you have the comparison pictures I had sent you, you can pop that up on there so people can see Absolutely. what I mean. As far as the maturity and... Here's, here's one yeah. photo, for example. Left was 14th place, right? No, no. that was six. Six, I'm sorry. That was, that was six. That's just Texas, that's right. Sorry, one year. Yeah, to yeah. fucking throw you down on the place. Since that's right, bro. <laughs> no, 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 that was the sixth place right there in 2022. What, I think... <laughs> that alone in 2022 to six months later, maybe in change, right? To the Texas. L- look at the difference left to left being the Olympia, and then that's your best ever conditioning. That was a two pound difference. Two pounds. Two pounds. That's what I love about this fucking sport. It's not the scale. No, it's not. It's the illusion. The illusion, man. It's the tissue. You need, if yeah. you want to be bigger, you need more tissue. That's what it was, and it's just all around, especially the legs. You can see I look like I have Photoshopped legs compared to the Olympia. And my legs wasn't bad at the Olympia. They just wasn't as hard. By the way, nice fade, by the way, which you were complaining about putting headphones on earlier. I said, bro, I just got a fucking fade going. Oh, you didn't say fucking. I said fucking. (laughs) But here we go again. Look at this. The sweeps, the hamstrings, glute conditioning, the detail in in the back. Granted, two different lights, but nonetheless, you can see conditioning doesn't lie, right? And this is what I love. When you can see conditioning, I get these things. I call them stitches. They look like little stitches that have been put together. I have them on my my separation between my hamstring and my quad, too, when I was in shape. 
And yeah, we're good with the photos. But with that said, Tyus, what was the question again? <laughs> suffering. Yeah, Stories. The suffering that you go through to, to achieve what you've achieved. I'm curious about some of the hardest and most difficult times you've gone through. The most hardest, difficult times I go through for suffering. Uh, where'd you go for that inspiration during that suffering also? Where did I go? I just really had to think about where I wanted to be. I know I want to be number one. I know I want to be a champion. In order to get that, you have to suffer. You have to go in that, I guess you can say, that darker place to reach that type of conditioning or reach that type of goal. And that's pretty much what I had to do. And, um, Patrick stayed on my ass. He tell me motivating things. Patrick's a very blood. You don't kiss your ass. No, I've, I've obviously been Yamamoto. Yeah. I've been around Pat- Even Patrick. Even if I said something stupid, he'd be like, shut up. <laughs> Seriously. He's, he, he has he no time. give it to me. But he just tells me how it is, man. Yeah. And yeah, so like I said, as far as the mental aspect-wise of pushing hard, I just knew where I wanted to be. So I just had to, when shit got hard, I just had to go harder. When I'm tired in the gym, I just knew I had to push harder. When I was fucking hungry, I just knew I needed to drink more water and not to worry about my hunger. You just got to find things to, to cope with during those hard times, and that's pretty much what I did. Was appetite one of them things that you had problems with? Eventually, I got used to it. Yeah. You get bodybuild, man, and being hungry and doing this shit for six months out the year. Eventually, you should be able to, You know, eventually, you get used to the hunger, I feel like. I mean, yeah. I do at least. Like, I'm hungry as shit right now. Yeah, I mean, my abs are sweating like a motherfucker right now. <laughs> Your but abs are sweating. <laughs> Who fucking has sweaty abs? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, my body's just on a hundred right now. You're fucking nine days out, mate, and and you are ready. That's one thing that I've noticed compared to. I can't attest for the Texas because we didn't speak, but obviously I'm assuming you landed the plane the exact way that you're coming into the Olympia. Give and take a couple of things that you probably learned going into Texas, but. Suffice to say, I know in how Patrick works, you guys are already ready, right? You 100%. are just, you just, you're just coasting. You're just in fucking neutral, if anything, until you need to put the gas down again. One hundred percent. Actually, today is the is the is day one of pressing the gas a little bit more before we head to Orlando, so we can just cruise in, and we're cruising in now. But just the last final push before we go to Orlando, and we're ready. If you're not ready now at the Olympia by now, then yeah. there's no point in showing up if you're not ready now. So what are the things that you're doing now in these last nine days that you haven't done in any other prep? Difference. Good question. Mental tricks. Ask that question one more time. Is there anything that you're doing differently now going into this year's Olympia compared to any other any other shows? Oh, God. Well, most Olympias, well, most preps, man, I will be suffering like a motherfucker. And I mean suffering like on zero carbs and stuff because we're trying to really nail it, but... This time is I'm eating a little bit more food. My cardio is not as high. It's, I really just think it's the mind, the mental. Coach Patrick tells me probably twice out the week, wherever the mind goes, the body will follow. And I think that's the biggest difference between this prep, the mind, and the body just follows. Patrick told me probably last week he was like, most he's like Olympia prep was great, was good, but this is the first prep he had with me. He said he had no worries. No questions, no nothing. Isn't that great? He's so great. When a coach tell you, when your coach tell you that, someone that's honest and that don't bullshit, mm. they keep you at ease. Yeah. And also, another thing was different was I saw Tyler and, and the Mannions three weeks out and I posed for them. So getting feedback for them helped a lot. 
That's another big difference. I didn't get to do that for my last of the preps. Oh, this is the first time you went up to Pittsburgh? Yeah, first time to Pittsburgh. So yeah. shout out to the Manions. Thank you for having me out there. So three weeks out, polls for them. He said everything was on track. Natalia, I have nothing negative to say. You're good. And yeah, so that's the biggest difference is prep. Is there anything that you do in your prep that you think other people are missing in theirs? You thinking I'm doing in my prep? That's... What do you do that's unique that the other other athletes don't do? I had that question too, actually, Tyus. I'm very interested in athletes' ability to see what is mundane and normal and then add a spin to it. For example, I was doing a lot of stuff that wasn't the conventional bodybuilding prep. I was using infrared saunas. I was doing mm. all kinds of things that I'm yeah. not going to go I'm not going to go on the net and be like, hey, guys, here I am doing this. Right. Kept all these things until after retirement right. and started talking about them. But I used to do a lot of unique things, like even hyperbaric chambers. Yeah, I do cryotherapy a lot. A lot of cryotherapy just keeps me calm, keeps the inflammation down. The jacuzzi just started been doing that lately, the last couple of days. I meditate a lot in the sauna. Every morning, I meditate. Tyus, doesn't it seem like the biggest change to his physique has been the change on your mentality? 100%. 200%. 300%, man. Keeping yourself calm. Yes, keeping myself calm. I wasn't calm when I first started this 212 journey. I was everywhere. Now I am. What do you attribute to that? What What makes you calm now that didn't in the past? Like I say, man, it's just my environment and the people that's in my life. I didn't have that stable. I didn't have that stability at the time. I didn't have that. I was everywhere. I was getting advice from everybody, from the wrong people, like I said. But now I got the right people in my circle, and it, it changes the game mentally. And I think my whole my whole thing is just my mental is just better. And I think that's why I'm in, that's why I'm in the spot that I am now today. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people don't talk about the mindset as much. I think nowadays they are opening up more about it, but people don't really know the most importance of it. Do you see any signs that, that you now know and recognize, hey, this is going to be a detriment to my physique that you may have ignored, procrastinated on, but there's a triggers that you know that will take you back to that old version? I wouldn't let nothing take me back to that old version. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's not even crossing my mind. I'm so forward right now. Mm. I don't see myself going backwards. And I'm working so hard. I'm at the point in my life where I'm working hard every fucking day. So I don't have to go back to see that Keon again. Man, I'm trying to break this Keon, but it seems like this guy is the whole and real fucking deal, yeah. Yeah, man. That's why I'm glad to be on this podcast to let people know that this is the Keon. This is the new Keon. This is me. There's only one more fucking question I need to ask then. Are you going to win this year's Mr. Olympia? Yeah, I'm right. Only you're right. I don't train to play second or be top three. I'm training to win. Tell me. you got. I, I didn't hear the complete sentence. I'm going to win the 212 Olympia 2023. Law of attraction, man. Put it out there. You put it out there for the podcast now. 100%. It's there. It's there for life. Mm-hmm. See it. It's yeah. there. I see it every day. I write it down. So my refrigerator, I go to my refrigerator probably like 20 times a day, it's there. So that right there is one of the things I'm talking about. You have visual connection to a goal. You, you have, have to. 
You have to. In my refrigerator, I am the Mr. Olympia 212 champ. I see that every single time, even when I go to the bathroom and wash my hands. I have two whiteboards in the bathroom, one in the refrigerator. You have a whiteboard in the bathroom? Yep, two of them. Yep, I got a really big one. And it's just affirmations to be like, I'm great. Just motivating positive things. So Mm. even if I do have something negative across my mind, because it happens, I read that whiteboard. And I try to erase it and replace it with positive things. And that's what I do. Mm-hmm. That's what helps me get through the day. Beautiful, bro. Yeah. Is there anything that you would want the fans to know about Keon that they, they didn't know? Maybe misconceptions or anything, a story we can talk about before we, we land this podcast? I think I pretty much spilled everything, man. I think everything you guys should know now... I pretty much said it. The mindset is different. Physically, we're different. The environment is different. Everything is completely different. And I felt like I proved that on social media. Man, you know what? It's crazy. To this day, with almost every other day, people will be like, man, I am so proud of your improvements, not just physically, but mentally. I was like, how can someone through Instagram? And I'm st- I still ask myself this to this day. How can someone from social media can tell that you changed so much? I don't. Sometimes I would think, I was thinking the other day, I was like, I don't think I post differently. I still do my physique updates and training videos, stories, motivating videos. But it's just crazy how others around the world can see that I changed so much. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, sometimes I still question myself how. I can see it. What is it that you've seen differently from me? I don't, is it because I'm speaking differently? Is it my content? There's... I'm still trying to figure it out myself sometimes how people know. Like people I don't even know. They just be like, man. You've lived the change. And because you're so you kinda saw it in the, the trenches of that change, you can recognize that you're not that guy yes. f- from twenty twenty. Yes. So these fans have been following since then, plus. So whether you know it or not, there's definitely an, an aura that comes from you. There's a confidence that comes from you. Not a cockiness. This is a completely different guy. Um, there's a confidence that, that comes with consistency and putting in the work without telling people how good you are. I never had to get on social media and tell people how I was going to win right. or what I was doing differently. I would just fucking work. And I'd work fucking harder than the year before. And I'd find ways of finding my why. And I'd find ways of keeping myself motivated in a class that I was maxed out on. And here you are now. This is your time. This is your opportunity. You've tasted so many different things from the social media element to to putting everything into these preps and then falling far away than short than you ever expected being in your own head, living in your own head. And now you sit here and you can look at me in the eyes and literally tell me, like, I am going to win the Mr. Olympia 212. 100%. And if you can't see that change, I just fucking told you. That's the That's a different animal, bro. But you got to that point by going through these changes, these seasonal changes, meeting people, realizing they're not there for you. They're there for the wrong reasons. Directing you into fucking traffic. People trying to put you in positions that you will fail. Yeah. You've cleared house. You've fucking got your, you've got your core circle. Yep. And as cliche as it is, 
keep your circle small. You have to. And the older you get, you start hearing all these cliche fucking sentences and you start realizing, man, I'm starting to sound like my an old head or something like that, you know, right? My girlfriend told me it's, 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 it's like a certain period of time in your life at a certain age where you start to realize who's for you and who's not for you. I think when she, yeah, when my girlfriend was around my age, she started noticing that these people are not for me. I noticed that a little bit early, mm-hmm. which I'm great and I'm blessed for, for that because I don't want to be in my 30s and having so many people in my circle that's not for me or just trying to get something from me or stuff like that. It's a time period in your life, you guys, where eventually you're going to have to start eliminating the negative things that's not for you. If it's not elevating you, it shouldn't be in your life. And with these new successes that will come, you're going to have a lot of people that will all of a sudden emerge themselves from yep. the darkness and be like, I always knew you would do it. Yep, it happens all the time, right? And, and you just play the game. Yep. I know you did. Yep. You know who was there, yep. who was patting your back and wiping the tears out of your eyes and telling you how good you will be. You just have to realize it. And now you realize it. Yes. And we're nine days away now from this new version of Keon that's coming off this incredible Texas look. And standing on stage against a phenomenal lineup. Look look at the guys you're going to be standing, standing against. Sean Clarita, two-time, two-time yeah. Mr. Olympia, 212 champion. Angel. Yep. You've got... Who's the biggest th- threat the, uh, that you would say that's again, with your physique that you feel as your threat? That's probably better than, than me announcing the whole 12 list. Yeah. I'm not really looking at anybody right now. To be honest, but as far as I could just name the top five from last year, that's in the talking was Ashkenani. I think, yeah, Ashkenani, and then Ole. And, yeah, and they talked about Kareth, and you know, that's like the main people that's being talked about right now. So it's going to be a great lineup, and plus the other amazing athletes that's qualified for the Olympia as well too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's going to be a, a great two twelve, interesting lineup, very different physiques, lots of different conditions. And shapes, structures, and graininesses, and posing. That's something I freaking love to do, if you guys know me. So it's going to be very interesting in nine days. Have you got something special for your routine that the fans can look forward to? Yeah, man. This time my girlfriend was like, you need to rehearse something. I'm not good at rehearsing. Every posing routine I have, I freestyle. But you're a good poser, bro. Flex Willard engraved that shit in me, man. (sighs) Dude, I was living with Flex Willard, dude. I mean, we would pose for like... After my seventh meal, we'll pose in, the, in this cold-ass garage for an hour, and he will play R&B songs, and he will make me pose for the whole entire song. If I mess up, we'll restart over again. Come on. Ever since then. That's what him and Chris Cormenus do back in the day. They used to go in the posing room, they'd play R&B music, and they'd pose through the whole three-minute song. It would take turns. Was there anything you even fucking liked to listen to? I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> And now that's all I post to. <laughs> I know. It's R&B music. They be making music. That's oh, my God. It. That's it. And, uh, yeah, it just engraving me, man. Yeah. Yeah. But I know we, we spoke about Flax earlier, but the sense is, is a he's played a big part in, yeah. in, in your career. And, and obviously installed some incredible inspirational things from his words to the tools of the trade. What are the things that you would like to tell the fans about your relationship with Flax? And we had a really good relationship, man. He was I, I I was I looked at Flex as like a second father. He'd been through a lot in his life. Obviously, if you guys follow him and seen his story. And man, I don't know, I just man. 
got prep brain right now. That's okay. We're nine days out, so I can do this right now. Okay. But I can say this. I came to Vegas and Flex is in the hospital. And I, I went to visit him. And he wasn't doing too good. It was COVID, and obviously he... Oh, because like in 2020 yeah, right here? Yeah, when I came out here, nobody knew I was out here. And I went and seen Flex. He was in the hospital. He got hospitalized again. And somebody told me he wasn't doing too good. And I said, fuck it, where is he? What hospital is at? So I, I texted him. I said, hey, I'm in town. I'm going to come and see you. And I think he didn't think I was going to come. I think a lot of people back then overpromised and delivered. And we met up in his room. And it was tough for me to see a legend like that in a hospital bed in COVID, surrounded by these extra rules that he couldn't do this, he couldn't do yeah. that because of COVID. Yeah. And we got to talking about you. And he said that how you played an instrumental part in keeping his mindset. Because he's been in some dark places too. And I know that you guys spoke. Yeah. And had a lot of real conversation and were able to help both each other. Yeah, I was, he would always just, when he was in the hospital, he would just send me like, like Bible verses and stuff, or just be like, I'm thinking about you, little brother. Mm. And I would text him, I would text him all my check-ins when he was in the hospital. He'd be like, damn, little bro, you look crazy. And it just kept me going a lot, honestly. I think it kept him going too, bro. Yeah, it did. I think he was living through me a lot too as well. And even times when he didn't respond back for two, three weeks, he'll finally text, he'll finally respond back to the check-in I sent to him and be like, damn, little bro, you look crazy. And that meant the world to me, man. That's crazy. This was like in what, 2020, 2021? So when you probably yeah. saw him in the hospital? I came out. I told him out of respect. I went and seen him. Obviously, Vegas is a yeah. stomping ground. Yeah. So I, I told him, and I'm old school. I come from a different cloth. So I'm moving to somebody's town. I'm telling them before I move there. That's me. That's how I, that's how I brought up. And not that I needed a permission from these guys, but listen, if somebody moved to a small little area where I'm from, I'd be like, oh, let me know when you're coming in town how it can help you as opposed to opening up shop and stuff. So I I went in and I spoke to him and we had some real deep conversation. Obviously, I've had Flex on the podcast and he spoke about a lot of stuff through tears and stuff like that, but he definitely had you uh, as somebody that helped him through that time. So I wanted you to know that because you got brought up. and That's huge. It means a lot, especially just hearing it from you coming to Trimmouth to know that, you know. I really make that huge impact. And honestly, I really didn't know I made that huge of an impact on Flex. Well, I'll tell you this now also, that you're nine days away from that Olympia to know. You're, you're doing it for other reasons, including your own personal, yes. along with that new added story. And both me and Flex never were able to, obviously the 212, but um, I was never able to win that open class. He was never is able to win that open class but uh i will uh i have to live now vicariously as does he through you now there's no more olympias for him and i is my point yeah. anytime soon and we both uh are living vicariously through you and it's now great for me to see the next generation of athletes who are battle tested have gone through their own issues and come out the other side not using them as uh, a clutch and an excuse. Yeah. You wear the badge, you fucking, you've said, hey, 
yes, that was me. It's no longer, yeah, I have my good days and my bad days. But that is the person that makes this story that much better. Yes. A lot of people listening to this have gone through or are going through right. testing times. And uh, you are now, I said, gone from the verge of, God forbid, what leaving this earth to now truly living out your dreams of standing on the Olympia stage. And, and that's all from, again, working on things daily. In, in landing this podcast, before we, we talk about the future and, and there, for the fans that are watching this, what would you want to say for anybody who has been a follower of Keon from all the good years to the bad years? The bad years to the good years. You know, one thing I want to say is, you guys, especially someone that's going through something, cause I feel like out of the 100,000 views, people that are viewing this, they probably are going through, somebody's going through something. Make sure you find your why. What's your why? And you really have to think about that. Sleep on that. Sit on that every day. What is your why? Once you find out your why, no matter what you're going through, you'll get through that moment or that situation or whatever time in your life. Find your why and find your reason. And um, once you find that, everything's going to be all right. Just be positive. That's all I'm going to say with that. Matt. I know there's so many more things that I can talk to you about, but I know you're nine days out from the fucking show. So what I've tried to do in this podcast is try to keep it as close to an hour as possible of respects. We could have gone deep into so many different subjects. Or we at, Tyus? An hour? We are at 122. Oh, shit. Okay. I feel like it. I know. We was talking about that. I was like, when you have actually... I told him I'm on, when I do podcasts on, like on, what, or like on the Zoom or whatever, mm-hmm. I usually be falling asleep. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't fall asleep today. You know, I was like, when you're in person, it's yeah. just different because this is more, you can connect more. You're physically here. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to doze off when you're talking to someone in their face and stuff, mm-hmm. for me at least. Thank you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> we could have done this a long time ago, maybe on, on Zoom, or, and I've said this to any all these athletes that, that have asked, hey, bro, can you just do this over Zoom? I'm like, no. no. This isn't for me to do these studio things. Uh, any other way than what it is here because it's intimate it's real i can see your body language i can see when when to push and when to not and i didn't want to get any tears out of you today i you almost make, got i i can see and i one and a half to, i you had a motherfucker doing that. i i i, I, I didn't, I didn't see that. i didn't see it i didn't see it i didn't see it i said but, i had no estrogen but i got a little bit in me <laughs> But we will definitely have a follow-up, yes. and, and then we can get into some other subjects. But nine days out, your mentality is strong, and I don't want to crack that egg and get into exposing some of these things of old. But No, it's okay. This is no stress on me talking about this nine days out. I think it's interesting to have someone so close to a, the world's biggest show to speak on these things. Like I, I felt like if I had more food, I was in the off-season, I probably could have got a little bit more in-depth, but the mind is not... 100% right now, but I think it's good and real for to the world to actually see that. Listen, th- again, nine days out from Mr. Olympia, the fact that you're here and want to do it just goes to show where you're at in life and shows where your mentality is and, and what you've done to change because the old Keon in 2020 was hiding in a fucking hotel room. Yeah, if you had asked me that then, I would have found an excuse yeah, I would find an excuse and be like, no, I'm good. And here we are. This, just to let the fans know too, this has been locked in. 
for about a month. We've had this date locked in on my calendar for a month. Yeah, and I asked Keon, I said, hey, when do you want to do this? He goes, I'm leaving town on Sunday. Yeah. Today is Wednesday. And I want to do it before you leave town because I leave town tonight after the power's locked. I leave to go to Texas. I won't be back until Sunday. Unbeknownst to you, this is the only day we have anyway. So right. everything happens for a reason. Yes. And, I'm, and I'm proud to have you on the sofa. I'm proud to, to see this new ch- mindset change, which has not been has uh, just happened like that. This has been from reps and sets, being around, as you said, the right environment, moving yourself to an environment, and then homing in on, on your craft to become the better version of you, which ultimately gets the better version for the world to see. Yes. And there's nothing more that prides me to see a healthy, happy athlete going out there with an abundance of energy and abundance of confidence. And that is probably one of the scariest athletes I could stand against. So if I was listening to this podcast as a fellow 212 athlete, seeing you be excited to get on stage, talking with confidence and clarity, I'd be like, oh, shit. I'm going to fucking knock an extra 30 grams of carbs off my fucking yeah. next meal three. Like my coach told me, <laughs> yeah, my coach told me again this prep, a confident Keon is a, a scary Keon. And I'm very confident. I love it, bro. I'm saying it with a smile. I can't stop smiling. It's, yeah, I'm very confident. I'm proud of you, bro. I love this. I love this. I, I'm very excited more than anything else to get in the trenches with you yeah, after man. the Olympia. 100%. I was going to bring that up like, this off season, I want to, I really want to lock in some training sessions with you. You guys hear it first. If you guys don't see no training, you can go in this DM and harass them. <laughs> <laughs> so I really want to get some training sessions in with you, though. I don't be getting in my ear too about any comebacks because I'd be standing next to you if that's the case and it's not going to happen. I don't want you, hey, bro, flex, come back. Because it ain't going to be no. You know that's going to happen. It ain't going to happen, bro. It's a done deal. I've killed the ego. I have honestly worked hard, as you've done with your mindset. I've worked hard to make sure that never happens yeah. again. So, yes, I know the fans hate me talking like this because they, they want me to give a glimmer of hope, but then not to name any other athletes, but I would be that athlete every year going into Olympia. Hey, am I going to make a comeback? And we all know yeah. who them athletes are. That's not going to be me. Right. I love the fact that i done what i done. I tried my hardest to move up into that weight, next weight category for two years. I tried and pushed and prodded, and, and I never got I never got to taste the, the best version of me. But now, the next generation that comes through the the doors here at the Dragon's Lair, I get to see the best version of them. And that comes from the foundational home life that transitioned into the gym. And you've started ticking all these boxes. You put a line in the sand of uncompromisable things, your circle is smaller, and now you're ticking off these goals and these dreams to become the best bodybuilder in the world. 100%. Is there anything you want to tell the fans before we, we finish this podcast? I love you guys. I hope you guys love this podcast. Tell me what you think about it, for one. For two, anybody that's watching this, guys, just keep going. And no matter what you're going through, do it with a smile on your face. You're the first... This guy, nine days' time, might have a new champion at the Dragon's Lair. From me to him to me. Flex Lewis, straight out the lair. Key on, we are out.